I don't have enough time. I'd be willing to bet this sneaky little phrase has found its way into your subconscious more than once. And while it might seem somewhat harmless in the moment, we're here today to tell you that it's likely holding you back from reaching that next level of success in your life and biz. Maybe if you had more time, you'd start that blog you've been thinking about for years. Or maybe if you had more time, you'd launch that new offering you've been sitting on. Maybe if you had more time, you'd pitch that podcast you're a perfect fit for. Truly, lack of time is one of the easiest excuses, but it's what's underneath that excuse that's really holding you back from moving forward. So in today's episode, we're talking about how to start thinking like a boss so you can get to the root of what's really holding you back. You'll walk away from this episode with the tools you need to uncover and overcome the lie you're telling yourself that you don't have enough time so you can shift your thinking and accomplish more of your goals. Especially if right now you're listening to this and your brain is saying to you, but really, we just do not have enough time. This episode is for you. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Denley, the mindset coach that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Kate Crocco. Kate is a psychotherapist, confidence and mindset coach, and writer who mentors female leaders around the globe. She has coached thousands of women through one-on-one, group, and mastermind programs, as well as through her Confident Ladies Club community. Kate's mission is to empower women to go after their dreams by helping them break down the walls and fears that have been holding them back from greatness through lovingly challenging them to step into the best version of themselves. Kate currently resides in New York with her husband, two sweet girls, and her rescue pup, Turbo. Kate, welcome to One Simple Shift. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for reading that bio. And as you're reading it, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you poor thing. That was a long sentence in there. And (laughs) (laughs) when I I, I realized that after recording my audio book that I write really long sentences and I don't realize how long they are until... I actually have to read them out loud and I'm like gasping for air. Um, <laughs> so that's something something that I'm working on for the next book is trying to keep them a little more concise so that um, when it comes to reading the audiobook again, I don't have to gasp for air. <laughs> totally. I hear you. I think it's so funny because sometimes we write these things and we're like, oh my goodness, this sounds so good. I love all this alliteration in here. And then I get bios like that and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such a mouthful. Yes. I don't know if I can read this. <laughs> oh, too funny. So yeah. like you heard, I read your bio, but I would love to hear in your own words a little bit more about what it is that you do and why you do it. Yeah. So I, again, I'm a psychotherapist. I'm a confidence and mindset coach for female entrepreneurs. And it's really my own personal journey that's gotten me here today. 
I started as a therapist. I was working in agencies and hospitals and decided to take the leap and try opening my own business and fell in love with it. And little by little, started to not only help people with their personal life, but also started helping some business owners along the way and realized through my own mindset issues and shifts that we all need this kind of help. And I think another piece of it is that not everyone is always so willing to go to therapy. Um, So I felt like being able to do this coaching, I'm able to help people in a very similar way, um, but in a different type of space and also a different setting. And the great thing with coaching is that I can really share my story and I can be a lot more open and honest than I can as a therapist. So mm-hmm. um, that's really what's brought me here today. And now I'm writing books too. I have two little babes, two and a half and 15 months wow. and a little rescue pup. And yeah, we're just loving life and trying to survive each day in the chaos of it. I love that so much. I just find your, I mean, just reading your bio alone, goodness, there was a lot more here that I trimmed for the sake of just like being able to read it on the show. But I think that like all of the things that you've done, like you have a podcast. Did I read you also have a restaurant that you're, you've opened? Yeah. 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 (laughs) So that having two kiddos, um, writing two books, like it sounds like a lot, right? It sounds like a lot on paper. Can you speak to that a little bit and how you've been able to kind of navigate those waters of owning a business and also having the thriving life in the meantime? Thank you. So I, I appreciate you reflecting that because I I tend to forget, right? Like we <laughs> achieve something, then we move on to the next thing and then the next thing and we don't always celebrate. And to be perfectly honest, I'm so good at helping my clients celebrate and I'm not the best celebrator of my own achievements. And that's one of those things that I'm working on myself. And I think that in order to be a really great coach, and I know you know this too, it's about really being open and sharing what we're going through at times. Um, if it's something that is something that we're able to share that we're not too connected to. And I I think that that's what's really helped me be able to achieve everything is. So I've really found a lot of freedom in being able to just show up as myself in business and to not have to have everything perfect and have everything right. And I think that's the key to really finding and achieving all of the goals that you have in life is to just do them messy and to not be afraid of it having to be a certain way. Because honestly, if I had to show up like very professional, put together, like even emailing you today, I was like, Hey, do I need makeup and like regular clothes? (laughs) And you're like, Nope, you're fine. Okay. Awesome. Like, that's great. Like that gives me extra time now that I get to work in my business. Cause I don't have to like get myself already. So I think it's finding freedom and just showing up as yourself and showing up in the messy and not having to do everything perfectly. And that's the fastest way to success. Um, not being afraid of falling and being okay with tripping over yourself and getting back up and tripping again and looking at 
like not looking at failure as failure, but always just looking at, at it as redirection. So this didn't work out and this is what I've learned from it rather than this didn't work out. And now I'm disappointed and now I'm stuck and I'm never going to get what I want, but I actually welcome disappointment and I welcome the falling because I know that it's getting me that much closer to my next goal and that next place that I want to be in life and in business. And I think that the more you take that kind of like messy, imperfect action, the easier it gets to do it again and again. I remember early on, I like even talking to someone in this kind of capacity, having a conversation, let alone recording it, uh, would have stressed me out so much. I would have been so nervous and not saying that I don't still have those nerves, but it's just that it begins to feel easier to take action anyway. It begins to feel more like, oh, okay, this is the kind of stretchy, nervous feeling that makes it clear that I'm headed in the right direction, mm. not the kind of feeling where those nerves are holding me back or that I can't take action or it's almost paralyzing. I think it's so funny that you mentioned that email this morning when you asked if you needed to have makeup on. And I like, <laughs> I literally laughed out loud because I was <laughs> reflecting on what I was wearing at that point, which was like my Target sweats. And I'm, I'm convinced convinced that like I don't own a pair of sweats that doesn't have some sort of stain on it at some point like I don't know like food cannot make it to it (laughs) make its way to my mouth for some reason especially at breakfast um and I was just thinking that was hilarious because I like had a you know my messy bun in and I was like oh hell no no one is seeing me like this right (laughs) and it was just that kind of like reflection where I was like oh goodness no thank goodness I don't have to like look pulled together in the next half hour you know but I think that it's just like, you're right. Like that those kind of things can be so permission giving because it allows you to be more conscious about where you are actually spending your time. And I mean, I have those days where I'm like, Oh, okay. Like no calls today. Makeup is not going on. Like (laughs) this is a sweats and I am just going to like get through it and like be really productive and be really in it today. Right. And I think just having like knowing those things about yourself and being able to um, really honor your time in that way can be so, so incredibly helpful. And I know that that is something that you mention in your book. So I would love to dive into that a little bit and talk about, um, I know that your book goes through all of the lies that we tell ourselves in stepping into that CEO mindset and really thinking like a boss. And I would love to really talk about that time component more. So can you tell me a little bit about why that was a mindset shift you chose to include in your book and how you decided um, that was something that really needed to be shared? Yeah, I love that question. So a little disclaimer, every single lie in the book, there's 12 of them. Every lie that I talk about is something that I've gone through. And Mm -hmm. like the most common things that I've gone through, clients have gone through, and the top ones, because there's literally hundreds of them that we go through. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Several years ago, I would constantly, and I did this my whole life, and I, I didn't really notice it until somebody held a mirror up and said, hey, you're doing this all the time. But I would run around and wear busy like a badge of honor. Like, I'm so busy. I don't have time. And it was almost like the busier I was, the more worthy I was, the more important I was. And I never allowed myself to just be and to just 
have white space to do whatever. It was always like packing my schedule. And I think a lot of that was me, just to be perfectly honest, and I think a lot of us do this, is was to numb my mind. Because years ago, I struggled with an eating disorder, was in recovery, and have now been in recovery for over 10 years. Um, but I think I almost replaced that those negative thoughts that I would put on myself, like, I'm fat, I'm ugly, people don't want to be near me. Those thoughts I replaced with, let me just fill up my schedule. That makes me worthy. Let me do all of these things because I'm also afraid if I have quiet time, if I have time for myself, I'm going to get so stuck in my thoughts and I'm going to go back to that spiral that I used to be in. So I think that like busy became another addiction for me, to be honest. Um, And it's funny that I'm I actually didn't talk about this in the book. Ooh, tell us. (laughs) I know, I know. And I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, this would have been good to include in the book. But I really do think that busy became like it replaced that addiction of food. And a couple years into my marriage, my husband just said like, Kate, you've got to stop saying you're too busy. You don't have enough time. Like just stop it. Because I literally would run around the house and just say like, no, I can't walk the dog. I don't have time or I can't take him to training. I don't have time. And this, like this really hit me. And my husband said it totally out of love and compassion and, um, also concern. But he said, he was like, if we want to have kids someday, if you don't have time for these things right now, how will you ever have time for kids? Mm. And that's what like was like a knife to my heart. And I just got pills. (laughs) I realized, wow, he's, he's really right. And I'm upset with him right now because I agree with him right now. And Mm. this is something that I need to change. And That day going forward, I started to say to myself, I said, I'm going to replace this mantra. Every time I say I don't have enough time, I'm going to replace it with, I have more than enough time if it's something that I love and care about and something that I really want to make happen. And I started to realize that it wasn't about the time thing. It was about my priorities. And so often we fill our time with these unnecessary things and extra padding because we're actually afraid of what could happen if we were able to move forward. So, so many clients say to me, like, I don't have time for X, Y, and Z. And it's really not that they don't have time. It's that maybe one, it's not a priority. So one, maybe it's not actually something they want to do, but something they think that they need to have to, or should do. Or it's something that they really want to do, but they're so afraid to try because they're afraid of failing, or maybe they're also afraid of succeeding. So again, like the whole time chapter, the whole time fear, like it has nothing to actually do with time. I love that so much because I think that there's just so much truth to it, but it's also such an incredible indicator of when there's more going on there. Like you mentioned, I think that, you know, the surface level reason is, well, I just don't have time. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when you're able 
to go deeper on that when you're able to say like, okay, well, why don't I have time? Like, what is it that's like pushing this to the bottom of the list? What is this that's making it less of a priority right now? And like you mentioned, those can be all kinds of different things, right? It can be fear. It can be like fear of not succeeding. It can be fear of success. It can be like, I mean, I can think of like a million, like a million, like literally so many things that have bubbled up for me when it comes to not having time. I remember, so we run an Airbnb out of the ground floor of our house and a lot of renovation into just like making that happen, basically. And we were, I mean, we had just bought a house, right? So like no one has money when they do that. (laughs) So we were DIYing a lot of that stuff. And I just remember being so afraid that I would spend all of this time renovating and then like no one would book, right? Uh. (laughs) Like that was the fear that was like holding me back. So every time Saturday and Sunday would roll around, I was always like, "Mm, I don't know, like, don't don't you want to do something else this weekend, Brian? Don't you want to like go skiing? Don't you want to like, I could probably work Mm. on my business. We've been behind on XYZ. And he was like, Amanda, we're just never going to launch this thing if we don't, if we don't finish the renovation. And it was one of those kind of aha moments that I had where I was like, oh, see, I am the problem here. You know, like I am the one holding myself back because I'm just so afraid that I will pour time and energy into this thing that won't work out. And I think that when I was able to really like embrace that and be like, oh, this is totally fear-based thinking. This is totally Mm. me just being like, I'm just afraid of what could happen instead of, well, no one's going to book it if we don't finish it, right? Which is the, the logical thought, right? That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that that was just like such a moment for me where it wasn't really about the time. It was about the fear that was beneath that. It was about the fear that it wouldn't work out, the fear that no one would book it, the fear it wouldn't be viable. Like insert any fear here when starting a business, right? Uh, and I think that that just made it so much easier to take action with essentially with more ease and to make it more of a priority again, because it just became so much clearer what the, I don't have time story was actually about. I love that example so much. I think a question to then always ask yourself, like when you're experiencing that is what's the worst thing that can happen. So when you have that fear, okay, the worst thing that can happen is like you said, in that situation, no one books. But if I don't actually renovate, no one's going to book. Right. Same, same. (laughs) Yeah. So either way, it's like I could be prepared to welcome in the abundance and welcome in the guests and maybe welcome, maybe have some come in, maybe not. Or it's like you either you or you just, I mean, I hate to say the word lose again, but or you don't do anything at all and you don't win at all. Totally. Oh my goodness. So much truth. And then I think the other piece of that, not to like go off on a completely different subject here, but I think the other piece of that was that all of those worries, all of those fears actually never came to fruition. (laughs) Like literally was never a problem because I think like we posted it and we had like bookings within that week. Right. Like, I think that it was just so funny to see how it actually played out once we got our ducks in the row, once I wasn't trying to like put other shiny distractions in front of us. (laughs) (laughs) We actually got the pile work done and we actually took photos of the place and like 
you know, continued to take action on it. It's funny how few of the the worries and the fears that I had actually came to fruition. And I think that's that's not just an Airbnb, that's every area of life and business, right? I think that so often the things that we think are going to happen or worry that could happen and almost try to like overcompensate for and overprepare for never actually end up being the things that happen, right? (laughs) 100%. You are so right. And I've done that to myself too. Like, I, I think we have this idea of the worst thing, but because we're so afraid of the worst thing, we don't actually say it out loud. We don't visualize it. And it's like this big ambiguous thing in our mind that feels so scary. But I always say, tell the people or say to people, just tell me like, what is that worst thing? Like, just say it out loud. And Mm. once they say it out loud, they're like, I'm like, okay, so you have a side hustle, you have a nine to five, you're ready to leave your nine to five because you're making more money in your side hustle. That's scary. But what's the worst thing that can happen if you leave? Uh, I guess maybe my business fails. Okay. And if your business fails, I guess I could get another nine to five. Okay. And then once they are able to say that out loud, they realize, oh, wow, it's actually not that bad. And then I say like, go and check the evidence. You've succeeded in this side hustle for two years now, having, um, consistent leads. Let's just say it's like a coaching business. Do you think out of nowhere, your business is just going to crash? Probably not. Okay. (laughs) All right. You're fine. You're fine to go and quit that nine to five then. It's so interesting to me how much time we'll spend on that mental spiral, like that Mm -hmm. mental hamster wheel of trying to think and overthink all the, the, like all the worries and all the fears. And I think you even mentioned this in your book, um, with creating almost like a, like a worry list or forgive me if I'm misspeaking here, create, like basically figuring out like, okay, how much time did I spend worrying about that thing? And then how long did it take me to actually like do that thing? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think like so often, so many of us spend more time worrying. Um, I had a I had a client recently who I think it was a photo shoot that they were headed out for and they were super nervous about it. And they, it was like an out of state kind of thing so that they needed to make sure they had everything packed up and they needed to make sure they had all the right materials and, um, you know, had the correct art direction, you know, everything that goes into preparing for that shoot. And I was talking to them and they were like, I was like, okay, so like, what, what can we do to prepare your mindset for that? And they're like, well, I think I'll just list out everything that could possibly go wrong. And then I'll make sure that I have a backup plan for each and every single one of those things. And I was like, oh, hell no, you won't. Like, I cannot think of a worse way to spend your time before that shoot because we don't want to be thinking about all the things that could possibly no. go wrong. We don't want to be planning for those things. We want to think, be thinking about all the reasons that this is going to be amazing, all the reasons this is going to be exactly right, all the reasons that you are in this position shooting this photo shoot with the credentials you have and exactly perfect timing and all of the ways that 
everything you have been basically building up to has come to this moment and you are just perfectly where you need to be. Like, let's spend time on that mental (laughs) hamster wheel. (laughs) But like, I bring it up because I know that so many of us have done this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, of course, I have been in situations where I've had that exact same thought. Well, if I just over-prepare for all the things that can go wrong, but that's just like, it's almost like stepping out of that long enough to realize that that is not the, that's not the the track we want our minds on. Right. We want the, the mindset of like, this is going to go exactly right for all of these reasons. And I think that that is so much more powerful because you feel so much more positive and so much more, um, just like empowered going into whatever new or scary situation you are, are stepping into. I love that. Giveaway alert. I am so excited to announce that Kate Krakow is giving away one copy of her book, Thinking Like a Boss, Uncover and Overcome the Lies Holding You Back from Success, to a member of the One Simple Shift audience. This book is seriously amazing, and if you're a listener of the podcast, I know it's going to shift so much for you and how you think about your business so you can reach that next level of success you desire. To enter, simply leave a podcast review for One Simple Shift on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts that allows for reviews. Screenshot it and send it to me at amanda at amandajoyceweber.com so I know who to contact for your address if you win. I'll be selecting a winner on February 14th at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. Yes, Valentine's Day. What better way to share the love? So be sure to hit five stars, leave a glowing review, and email me a screenshot before them for your chance to win. So good. So can you tell me if I'm someone who is like struggling to with this, I don't have enough time story, or they're sitting here listening to this and they're going, but like, really, Kate, I just don't have time. Mm. <laughs> what, what can you suggest so that they can kind of get out of their own way and work through this kind of, um, this thinking that they don't have enough time? Mm. Well, one thing I'm going to just I guess the first thing I would say is ask yourself, like this thing that you're saying you're not, you don't have enough time for, is this something that you really want? Is this a priority right now? And if it is, decide one of two things. Like, are you going to commit to it? Meaning you're going to put a hundred percent of yourself into it. Or if you don't commit, and this, this sounds like this sort of sounds wrong, but I'll explain after either commit or quit because I think what happens is so many people are sort of in this like lukewarm water, like one foot in one foot out kind of place. I don't have enough time, but I, I sort of want it. And when you're in that place, you're not giving your all And most likely the result that you want to get, you're not going to achieve because you're not putting a hundred percent in. And when you're in that place of not putting a hundred percent in, it really starts to attack your confidence because you feel like I'm spending time, I'm doing some things and why am I not getting the result? So I always say, again, just Figure out, is this something that you want so bad? Because if you want it bad enough, you will find the time to go and make it happen. 
And if it's something that you really don't want, then just quit it. Like, I think so often we commit to these things also that like we really don't want. And I think back to this silly story from college, the person I used to be, I was a people pleaser. Mm. And some of my roommates would always say like, Hey, like want to go here, want to go there. And I would say either like, Oh, I don't have time because I'm working on this project or I don't feel good. And my RA actually called me out and said, Kate, like, if you don't want to come with me, just tell me, like, you don't have to make up these excuses. And it was so eye opening to me back then that this is something that so many of us do. We have such a hard time just stating what it is that we want and what we don't want. And it's okay to say, no, I don't want to do this. Or yes, I want this. And I'm going to take the steps forward to make that happen. And in order to go and take those steps forward, I'm going to need to cut some other things out of my life. And I think that's the number two step is then figuring out, all right, I'm going to commit. I'm going to put a hundred percent into this next thing. And in order to do that, in order to give a best yes, I'm going to have to say no to some other things. And something that I constantly do, like I do this actually every day. It started with like once a month then once a week. And now I just do it every day. What are things on my to-do list or on my schedule that are unnecessary, that are there because somehow maybe I let something slip through my boundaries um, I said yes and overcommitted to what are some things though, that I can actually just say no to, or I can put off for a little bit, um, because they're not necessary right now, because in order to make your goals happen, you have to just focus on what matters the most. And, you know, with, I, I started writing my first book when our first daughter was born. And mm-hmm. I mean, I had like zero time then but I knew that this was a priority. So I learned to really start setting boundaries, to start saying no to a lot of things because I knew that like this was the thing that I wanted to make happen. So for everyone listening today, just take a look at your commitments. Like what if you said yes to that you really didn't want to say yes to, or what are you doing? Cause you think you need to have to, or should be doing and start asking yourself, like, what do I really want? And then start taking the steps that you need to make that thing happen. I love that so much. And I think another thing that came up for me as you were talking was um, a part of the book where you mention that it's okay to go through seasons where you are, you know, going all out and really stretched for time and like time is tight, but that is not the normal, right? That is not the place where you should be all of the time, but it's okay if that happens when you are very intentionally working towards your goals. And I think that, you know, chances are that we've all been through that at one point or another, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that has that can be so powerful in just knowing that that's not your forever plan, right? Like that's that's not the place you're operating from together. And I think that this is almost a way in which hustle gets a bad name and all of that kind of, you know, stress and overworking and 
the stigma that comes with that because in my mind, that season of hustle or that season where you're strapped for time or that season where you're turning down more social engagements than you would prefer to or not able to, you know, do like literally do everything because that's impossible, right? Like those times when you you just have to say no more often, I think is something that we've all been through. But it's, I think the, the thing that has gotten me through it is knowing that that was not always going to be the case, that there is a time when that deadline would be met or that it would let up or that I was working towards a very intentional goal. And then I was going to go back to what I considered more of a normal schedule. And I think that that can be so powerful in just appreciating that it's not going to be like this forever, right? Like there's almost that kind of like light at the end of the tunnel that once you hit that goal, that you can shift back to a more normal schedule, that you can say yes to more social engagements. But I think that it's really about knowing yourself and knowing your schedule well enough to to really be conscious about that in the moment. Um, Because I think a lot of us I mean, I know I did this for a while and it definitely did not serve me kind of operate from that place of saying yes to everything. And that's when I found myself backing out of more things. You know, I would say yes to a girl's night and then I would find myself like absolutely toast at the end of the day. And I would be like, I do not. The last thing I need to do right now is like leave my home. Right. I need to like put my pajamas on and pour myself a glass of wine and call it a day. Right. But I think that like, and I found myself backing out of more things and that was kind of an eye opening experience for me because I really didn't want to be that person who backed out of things. I really didn't want to become that person that was a yes. And then all of a sudden became and no, not saying that that's terrible if it does happen, but it was becoming a little too constant for me. And I, I, that was kind of the moment when I realized like, Hey, I just need to be better about being honest about what my priorities are and saying no to things that aren't supportive of them from the get go. Right. Not kind of getting to this point where I feel like it's even more of a stretch to say no or to back out or to have that like uncomfortable conversation where I need to put myself first. Um, But just really appreciating from the beginning that it's okay to say no and that it's okay to have priorities and it's okay that to operate from that place from the beginning instead of waiting till it feels like that moment when it's too tight and I just can't do it. Mm, You are speaking my language with the boundaries, (laughs) with the no, staying in for the night. Yeah, I think we over, we overcommit to so much and I think often we do it especially in business because we don't 100% believe in ourselves. So we say yes to opportunities because maybe we think it will get us ahead a little bit faster or put our name out there in front of more people. And I think it's really about asking yourself like do you really want this? Like if this opportunity was there and let's say Oprah was there, like which one would you choose? (laughs) (laughs) Make every decision based off of that type of like barometer. Like really like, I like, yes, you have to say yes to some things early on in business, but I think that you can get to a place where you truly only say yes to the things you really, really are lit up and excited about. And I feel very grateful because I feel like I'm in that place in my business right now where like, I only show up to things that I am so excited to show up to. And if I don't feel excited, then I know it's just not in alignment. And 
this is not a yes for me. And so many of us have a hard time listening to that though. I think that's like kind of the piece where a lot of us struggle is I think that there's almost this way in which we've all felt that, but having the tools to know what to do with that feeling Mm -hmm. when you're not super excited or it's not super in alignment, I think can be really powerful because what I see happening is so many people are like, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of lukewarm about it, but I'm just going to do it anyway. Right. And like, that is not where we see more results, ladies. Uh (laughs) Lukewarm is not more results. (laughs) Never, never. It's not a good place because it's also then just taking up your time and going back to that topic of time. Like your time is so precious. Like our time an hour from now or next minute is not guaranteed. And I don't want to be morbid, but I think that it's important that we really value that little bit of time that we have and we really have a love and respect for it. And um, I will say that becoming a mom has also really helped me get even better at my time boundaries because one little question I ask for myself, and this can be for anyone, whether it's in relation to like your husband or your spouse or your partner. But if I say yes to this, this is taking me away from time that I could spend with my babies. Is it really worth it? And that's the question I ask myself. And honestly, most of the time it's a no. And I never want to live with that feeling not of regret, but just almost maybe like a resentment. Like, why did I say yes to this? Like, like you said, like a lukewarm kind of thing. Like, I'm not really into this, but like, maybe it's going to help me get ahead. But now I feel crappy because it's not something fully in alignment. And I could have had this time with these, these two hours with my kiddos instead. Absolutely. That really helps me these days prioritize my time. I think that's just such an amazing perspective to take and such an amazing question too. And quite honestly, I think like moms are rock stars at this. I've seen it in my clients. I've seen it like over and over again in just the the boundaries and almost the lack of time can be so powerful in really being intentional about how you're spending it. Because quite honestly, some of the people that I seem the most stressed and the most overwhelmed and so much more sitting in this story around not having enough time are the people who are new in business and they have nothing yeah. but time. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that like, I, I know that doesn't sound like it would be logical or it would make the most <sighs> sense, but really, truly, when you're staring at a blank calendar and you have all of the options and all of the things you could be doing, Like there's nothing more overwhelming than that. When you have 45 minutes and you know, you have to take four things off your list or it's not getting done. Like it gets done, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever container of time you have, you're going to fill with stuff. So make sure like time block, like put personal things on there. Like one other thing is so many clients and people will say, but I feel bad saying no. Let's just say like driving my friend to the airport or helping out with so-and-so because I actually don't have anything on my schedule. And I say, well, schedule yourself into your schedule. And when people ask, just say, oh, actually I have a meeting at that time. You don't have to tell them who your meeting's with, but your meeting's with yourself. 
<laughs> My meeting is with a lavender Epsom salt bubble bath, and I yes. am not willing to reschedule. <laughs> <laughs> we think that we owe people and... It's, it's like, I think we forget that we have so many choices in life. And I was talking with a client about this last night, just saying like, do you know that you actually have a choice in this situation? And she was like, I do. I said, yeah, you have many choices. Like this doesn't have to be a yes. This can be, Hey, this doesn't work for me. And I have these other options that I think could work for you. And so often we forget that. So I think that that is just like such an incredible reminder that I think like pretty much we always have a choice, whether we, whether we want to admit it to ourselves or not. (laughs) And I think that that just remembering that that choice is there can be so permission giving. And then also when it comes to, to saying no, I also like to play with the idea of like, okay, but what if I said yes to this and like Mm -hmm. playing that situation through in my head, because more often than not, just playing that out, like just like two steps further becomes really clear what it is that I want. Right. And then like Mm -hmm. a lukewarm no becomes a, oh, hell no. you know. (laughs) (laughs) So good. So Kate, if people love what they heard from you today, where can they find you? Yeah. So my favorite place to hang out is Instagram stories. I'm very real. You'll see the circus that happens in the background. My friends make fun of me and tease me and they say my life is like a three ring circus with baby number one, baby number two, and the dog. (laughs) (laughs) So it's fun just to watch everything on there. And then I have a podcast thinking like a boss and yeah, you can head on over on my website, katecracko.com. And yeah, I'd love to connect with you guys. Amazing. And did I also read that you were giving away two free chapters of your book? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So if you go to my website, katecracko.com, and you hit forward slash, and you type in the word quiz, if you take a quick little quiz, you'll get the first two chapters of my book for free. Oh, amazing. You guys, seriously, the book is so good. Get over there, get those first two chapters while you can and definitely buy the book. So, so good. So much insight in there and such amazing mindset shifts that are really going to help you step into thinking like a boss. Kate, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. This was so much fun with you. Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandadunley.com slash one simple shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, each month I'll be picking one reviewer to win a vision board design coaching intensive with me so you can create your own definition of success. If you're looking for more support in creating a beautiful, balanced life and thriving, successful business, head over to amandadunnelly.com slash free call and book my free Simplifying Success Coaching Call, where I'll help you identify one simple shift you can make to cultivate a success mindset and start seeing results now. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift.
like even emailing you today, I was like, Hey, do I need makeup and like regular clothes? <laughs> and you're like, no, I'm, you're fine. Okay. Awesome. I thought we're, <laughs> sorry. 